Exodus chapter 25, and we're going to start reading at verse 23. Exodus 25 and verse 23. And thou shalt also make a table of shittim wood, two cubits shall the length thereof, and the cubit the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, and make thereto a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt make unto it a border of an handbreadth round about. And thou shalt make a golden crown to the border thereof round about. And thou shalt make for it four rings of gold, and put the rings in the four corners that are on the four feet thereof. Over against the border shall the rings be for places of the staves to bear the table. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood or acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, that the table may be borne with them. So they can be carried along. Everything in the tabernacle had to be movable and had to be easily carried round about as the people moved from place to place. And thou shalt make the dishes thereof the spoons thereof, and the covers thereof, and the bowls thereof, to cover with all of pure gold shalt thou make them. And thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. Then it goes on to describe the candlesticks. Now we looked at the candlesticks a few weeks ago. Last week we, we didn't look at anything within the tabernacle. We looked at the people who had made all these instruments because it was Mothering Sunday or Mother's Day and we looked at the fact that the women were involved in doing the embroidery. And this was the candlestick which is described in the next few verses but we got our message from that the light of the world. This was a sanctuary or a place where God was going to dwell and it would have to have proper furniture in it. You have a place where somebody's going to dwell, well, you would expect in it that there would be furniture. And we have a table and a candlestick. It's interesting in the story, going way back to the story of the Shumanite woman with Elisha. Do you remember uh, Elisha passed up and down past this woman's house? many times and she used to invite him in for something to eat and eventually she said to her husband I perceive that this is a man of God and that was, a, that was something I thought of yesterday you know as we go up and down the street and as we meet people do they perceive that we are men and women of God do they recognize or do they just think we're, we're one of the bunch like everybody else but she perceived and she said, let's make a little room for this man. Up on the wall, little guest room. And we put some furniture in it. And she put a bed and she put a table and she put a candlestick. And a stool. And she said, when he comes along, he'll be able to go in there and he'll rest. She furnished the place. One of the things she put, furnished was a table and a candlestick. Similar we had in the tabernacle here we have God was this was his dwelling and he was going to meet with the people of Israel here and it was in the holy place 
we saw in at the back in here is the most holy place. And in this holy place there was to be a candlestick, a table and the golden altar, the altar of incense. And there were various bits and pieces of, as well around it. And we're going to talk today about the table of showbread, which was this one here on the north side of the tabernacle. And tables, you know, there are a lot of things about tables in Scripture. You know that psalm, so we all know so well, the Lord, the 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. The table was in the same overall building as the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat, which was in the holy place, and we'll discover that later. We'll think about that some other day. But in this section here, the whole, the, that was in the most holy place, in the holy place here, there were basically only the three items, as we said, the candlestick, the incense altar, and the table of showbread. And the reason why they built this table, and we'll put it up on the screen so as you get a rough idea of what somebody else thought it looked like. And remember, these are only what the artist's impressions are of what it looked like. We have this uh, crown around the top here, and we have these are the loaves, funny colour, and on top we have the two containers, and you'll read about that later on. And these were the staves for carrying it, which went through these rings. The table was approximately, strangely enough, I was just thinking about that, the average height for a table is two foot three. And it was the same height as this. And I wondered that, that people make tables the same height as that from the measurements in Scripture. <laughs> I was wondering about that. I don't, I don't imagine so. But it was, it was about three foot six by about one foot eight or two feet wide. It wasn't very big. Wasn't very big, but probably about the same size as this table here. Its principal use was to set showbread on. Now, the showbread was called the, the bread of the presence because it was in the presence of God. And we see that it all typifies, in some way, aspects of our salvation and of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I say, its principal use was to set this bread on. And we'll see that that was typical of what the Lord Jesus Christ did. There is a table. You know, we come to the Lord's table frequently, don't we? We come and we break bread, and there's the various names for it, communion. But it's called quite often coming to the, the Lord's table. The Lord has prepared a table, and we are invited by him to come and have fellowship with him at the Lord's table. He says, come and dine with me at the Lord's table in communion remembering him remembering what he's done he says remember me in the breaking of the bread and in the drinking of the wine come to my table and remember me you have fellowship with me there there's an interesting verse actually in Song of Solomon chapter 1 and verse 12 Song of Solomon chapter 1 and verse 12 <clears throat> 
While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. Now that's an interesting verse. While the king sits at, my ta at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. What does that mean? Well, let's look at John's Gospel, chapter 12. It was a lovely story there of Jesus going to the house in Bethany where he was constantly welcome. The house of Mary and Martha and her brother Lazarus. And it says, six days before the Passover he came there where Lazarus who had been dead and his two sisters lived. And they made him a supper must have been great to have a place for Jesus and his disciples to go where they, they would feel comfortable. And they made them a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. He was sitting at the table. And we are invited, when we come to worship the Lord in the breaking of bread, it's he who invites us to come and to break bread at his table. We are his guests. But in fact, Lazarus was there and Jesus was there and they were sitting at the table. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one that sat at the table. And then Mary, what was she doing? She wanted to show her great love for her Lord and she went and she got this alabaster box of precious ointment and she didn't just come and give it as a present to Jesus no she broke it she had to break the, the seal in order to get the, the spikenard out it was made from, from a, a plant a nard and there were spikes in this plant and there was spike nard there were different kinds of nard and this was spike nard and they got this and it was very liquid in form and she poured it on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ and it says what does it say the house was filled with the odor of the ointment the whole house was permeated with this wonderful perfume In that verse in Solomon's it said, While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. That was a picture of what happened to the Lord here in the house in Bethany. While he sat at the his table, the spikenard, the perfume of the spikenard, which was a form of worship that Mary gave to the Lord Jesus and that the smell of it permeated the whole house now it was only when the container was broken was that smell released and it was only when the container was broken that she could really give glory to the Lord Jesus by pouring this on him. 
And we come Sunday by Sunday to offer our praise and our worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. That we're hoping that this smell, this worship, will rise up to God as a sweet-smelling perfume. But you know, we cannot praise God and we cannot give worship to God unless our lives and our wills have been broken at Calvary. When we go to Calvary and we yield our lives, our will, over to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is only then, when we have been broken, can our praise and our worship be truly given to God. We have to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. We have a picture of this table representing the table where we go as guests of our Lord to bring worship and praise to him. You know, in Luke, he mentions uh, when he instituted the Lord's Supper in Luke chapter 22 and verse 30. He says... Uh, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He said that I am not going to eat back a bit further in Luke 22. It says, For I say unto you, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Someday when we get to heaven, there's going to be a table and Jesus Christ is going to be there and he says, I'm going to eat this bread and wine with you in the kingdom of heaven. We look forward to that when we will have complete communion with our Lord Jesus Christ. When he will be there and we will all be gathered into heaven and we will have complete communion with him in glory. That's a day we'll all look forward to. That'll come. You see, this table here is typical of the Lord Jesus Christ himself for he is both the one who provided the bread here and he is the one who is typified as the table because he invites us to come to his table to eat of the bread and he is the bread he said I am the bread of life he that cometh unto me come and eat Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the water, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. We come freely, cost him his life, so that he could, he died for each one of us. It cost him a lot, but for you and me, we come and dine freely at his table. Verse 24, going back to Exodus chapter 24, we're wandering a little bit. Verse 24, And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, and make a crown of gold round about it. That's what this little thing here, this is indicated by this little crown of gold, going all the way round about it. Cover it with a plate of gold, so that the wood would not be seen. You know, these things all had wood underneath them, but they were never, the wood wasn't seen, it was all covered by gold. The whole place was so beautiful. All the wood, all the acacia wood, which is a sign of Christ's humanity, was surrounded by gold, which is a sign of his righteousness, his glory, his purity, completeness. 
He is spotless. He is pure. Constantly, we are told in Scripture, in, in connection with these items, the gold had to be pure. It had to be pure gold, pure this, pure that. Everything was pure. Speaking of Christ's purity, Christ was given the Spirit of God without measure. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He was completely and utterly filled with the Spirit of God. Not by any measure. Couldn't measure. He was given the Spirit of God without measure. Not, not like you and me. For every one, it says in Ephesians, for every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Some of us are teachers. Some are evangelists. Some are different gifts. We are given these gifts. Christ was given the Holy Spirit without measure. The picture of his divine nature and also of his human nature. This little border, the object of this border obviously was must have been to stop the loaves slipping off the table. When they put these loaves on the table it stopped them slipping off. You know, when we are in Christ, when we have put our faith and trust in Christ, what does he say? We said that this last week, I think. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. When we are in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, no man's going to be able to pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And he says, no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. So we're held in the hands of the Lord Jesus and we're held in the hands of his Father. Safe and secure from all alarms. Isn't that what it says? Well, now let's get on. What was the purpose of this table? What, what was the whole object of this table? The table placed in the tabernacle with loaves of bread upon it. How did it all work? What was the, the reason of it? Now you have to turn over to Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. It's the next book in the Bible. And it's chapter 24, and we look at a few verses there. Chapter 24 and verse 5. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two tenth deals shall be in one cake. And thou shalt set them in two rows, six in a row, upon the pure table before the Lord. Pure, see, pure comes into it so often. Speaking of the purity of the Lord Jesus. And thou shalt put pure, pure frankincense upon each row. And that was the frankincense was put into these little bowls, apparently, on top of the two rows of bread. That it may be on the bread for a memorial, even for an offering made by fire before the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. Continually. We, we have looked at that word continually. The, the lights were to light before the Lord continually. Our praise and worship should go to God continually. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place, for it is most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. Strange things. What happened? Let's look at it very simply. They made five, they made 12 loaves of, of bread and they put them in two rows on top of the table in order. 
in order. You know, we, we, we have stressed this a few times, but we'll go on in a minute. And on top of that, they put these bowls of frankincense, pure frankincense, two cups, it suggested. And in each of them was about a handful of frankincense. And then every Sabbath day, they changed the loaves that stood there all week. And these were as a gift from the children of Israel. And when they came in to change them, apparently, they just didn't send somebody in and take the things off and bring them out and then bring the other ones in. The whole ritual had been built up around it so that there were always loaves. As they lifted one set off, they put the other ones back on again so that they, they had loaves on the table continually. They were very careful about how they did it, apparently. They took two off and put two back in its place and so on. So there was never, they never took them all off the table at the one time. So they, they tell us. And then it goes on to say that the bread from the previous week shall be for Aaron and his sons, the priests. And then the frankincense was offered, taken from the uh, table of showbread and altar, offered on the golden altar as an offering by fire before the Lord. And then it goes on to say that this was to be a perpetual statute. And so that's how it was done. Now, what can we learn from these verses? Well, to start with, it seems too obvious to state that the 12 loaves, each incidentally representing the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, are a picture of Christ. He is the bread of life upon whom we feed. And the frankincense speaks of Christ's entire devotion to God, his, his heavenly Father. You know, even when he was... In the temple as a child, he said, I must be about my father's business. He, his, his main object in life was to be about his father's business. Entire devotion to God, his father. Christ is the bread and he is the table. We are invited to sit at the king's table. Like lame Mephibosheth when he sat at the table of King David. Do you, do you remember the story in Second Samuel chapter 9 and verse 13? David had said that he wanted to show kindness to any of the household of Jonathan. And he called Ziba, who had been a servant of Jonathan's, and he told him that there was yet Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth had been uh, with his nurse, and the nurse had dropped him when they were escaping, and from that time on, Mephibosheth had been lame in both his feet. And he sent, David sent for Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth probably was quite scared because the custom in those days was when a, a new king came on the throne, he got rid of all those people who were likely to rise up against him from the previous reign. But David explained to Mephibosheth that he wanted to show kindness to him because of his association with his father. And they had been great friends. And so we read in Second Samuel 9 verse 13, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table, and was lame on both his feet. Now you see, the great thing about it was Mephibosheth was to eat at the king's table. We are invited to eat at the king's table as guests of the king. But, you know, when Mephibosheth sat at the king's table, 
No one saw that he had lame legs. They were covered up. I don't know whether the tablecloth or not, but they were covered up underneath the table. And so we are covered with the robe of righteousness, of Christ's righteousness, when we sit at his table. We are there because of him, not because of any merit of our own. Again, let us stress in verses 6 to 8 that there was order. That there was order. Here's what it says. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. God is a God of order, not of disorder. We must note this carefully. The frankincense was offered upon the golden altar and ascended up to God as a sweet-smelling, acceptable offering. As Christ walked this earth, the heavens were parted, and God his Father declared that he was well pleased with his beloved Son. As we walk through this earth, is God pleased with you? Is God pleased with me? Is God well pleased? It's a challenge, isn't it? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. May we, as we walk through this earth, may God be pleased with us. May we be pleasing to him. May our prayers ascend to him as a sweet-smelling savor offer the sacrifice of praise. Notice in, in, in verse 8 it said, The bread was before the Lord continually. Thank God that our Lord Jesus Christ is a high priest who is before his Father's throne continually. In Hebrews 6 verse 20 it says, Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever. And then in verse 9, And it shall be for Aaron and his sons they shall eat it in the holy place. This bread, when it was taken uh, off each Sabbath, was for Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place. When we are feeding on the good things of God, we cannot eat of those unless we are in the holy place. We may try the broken cisterns of false teaching and man's doctrines and pleasures, but we'll find them to be barren and dry wildernesses. There's an interesting verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 13, verse 8. He must, it's the only place in the Bible, and probably the first instance in, in, in Scripture or in literature, that speaks of convenience food. <laughs> Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches, Yes, the, the writer didn't want to be too rich. He didn't want to be too poor. He wanted just to be an average person. He says, feed me with food convenient for me. What he means is, feed me my prescribed portion. God has a portion for each one of us at his table. And like the writer to the Proverbs, he says, we say, feed me. Feed me, O Lord, with my prescribed portion. Isaiah 40 verse 11, it says that he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom. Those with young he will lead. We must learn to feed in the holy place. The shepherd can only feed the sheep that are close to him. May we constantly be in that 
holy place where we can be fed and we can have fellowship with our Lord and Savior at his table. And you know, the bread was only for the priests. It wasn't for those people outside. And let us remember, those of us who have trusted Christ as Savior and Lord, we have said it again and again, we are kings and priests. We are regarded as priests. And this feeding, which we receive in the holy place, is only for the priests. It's only for those who are in that living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a corollary to this, you see why only those who are truly his children and priests should partake of the Lord's table in the communion. It only makes sense that we can only partake of the table of the Lord if we are priests, if we are believers. You know, another point is, if God has his priests ministering in the holy place, he will assuredly provide a table for them, and a well-furnished table at that. Look at Psalm 23, just in closing. Psalm 23, we... We should all know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How true. When we are at the table which he has prepared for us, in the presence of our enemies, in this world, God will feed us and he will sustain us. And then he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.